0: It's just something that our generation has never, has never been part of. Um, previous generations have known something like this. Perhaps pandemics, uh, or pa- pandemics certainly were a part of human history, a normal part of human history, up until the point of, uh, of the likes of vaccines and, and such being a normal part of our life. But this is unusual for us. And so we are living in the unknown, and, th- and the today I want to just talk about living in the unknown, we have, of course, out uh, out in the world there at the moment. We have a pandemic happening. This COVID-19 thing, it is uh, it is rolling around the world at uh, at an unusual and an alarming rate. Uh, obviously, pandemics in the past uh, through human history have not been able to fly through the air at eight or nine hundred kilometres per hour in a metal tube but they do now. Um, and so that, so this uh, this virus has been going around the world at an alarming rate and it's uh, obviously part of the New Zealand landscape now and uh, and we're thankful for what the government is doing to to try and stop its spread and its and its implications. But it's interesting as we as we see this global uh, I guess crisis, the global pandemic happening there's lots of responses that we might have in our, in our own life. There's lots of responses, and, and some of those re- reactions and responses are pretty natural. Uh, sometimes we look with some great concern out there into the world. Some of us might get quite worried uh, and quite anxious uh, about, what's, about what's happening, and that's, uh, and that's pretty understandable. Um, there, is, uh, there is obviously the medical aspect of what's going on with this pandemic, uh, there's also the, the, the v- very real likelihood of some sort of economic uh, impact uh, being pretty significant along the way, uh, particularly after this uh, pandemic uh, finishes up. And so there is lots that we, that we could be worried about um, and, the, and we could be sitting here, of course, in, in our homes uh, feeling pretty worried, feeling pretty anxious. Even though we, we know in our minds that as we sit here in our homes uh, being worried or being anxious about something, we know that that has no impact, of course, on the, on the pandemic or on the global economic situation or anything. Yet we have the ability uh, to, to yeah, really get, I guess, worried and anxious in these times. And that's, and that's not just in our setting in history. All through history there's been plenty of things that, uh, that the human race could have been worried about, could have been anxious about and even in times of, of I guess, relative peace, just think about the, you might only have to wind your, wind your minds back a couple of months to think actually the world around us seemed like it was going in a, in a, pr- in a pretty good situation, the, uh, the economy at least in New Zealand was going along, okay, there wasn't any great global crisis that we were looking at. But even in those sort of situations, it only takes a phone call for us to be plunged into some sort of worry. Something happening in your life, something happening in your family's life, uh, perhaps a job loss or the likes. Those things can very quickly plunge us into worry or anxiety. And so what we want to do today is just look at God's remedy for anxiety. And this remedy, which we're going to have a look at in the book of Philippians, this this remedy, it is is a very logical remedy. And yet at the same time, it's an unfathomable remedy. So we're going to have a look at that. If you've got your Bibles, grab them. We're going to have a look at Philippians chapter 4. And we're going to have a look at uh, four verses through that. So Philippians chapter 4, starting at verse 4. And I'm reading from the ESV. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say, rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Let's pray before we get into that. Our Father, we thank you for this this opportunity to gather around your word. We thank you for the opportunity to to learn together. We thank you for the opportunity to be a family together uh, even while we're physically separated. We do thank you for the the new life that we've been able to just enjoy and and celebrate uh, in young Seth being born to Lyndon and Abby. We do pray for them as a family along with Cece. Uh, as they just adjust to this, uh, to the to the new addition in their family. And Father, we just ask now, as we turn our attention to your word and to the Book of Philippians and what you have to say about worry and anxiety. Lord, I pray that you would just calm our hearts, that you would just open our hearts, allow us to hear what you have to say, even if one or two of those things might be difficult for us to hear. And difficult for us to, to bring on board Lord I pray that you would just yeah bring us to a to a point where we are just completely submitting to you and to what you have to say to us in your word so I thank you for this time I pray for your blessing on it I pray that you would guard my mouth from error so that I don't lead anyone astray and it's in Jesus wonderful name that we pray amen all right well if you've uh, if you've been reading those verses uh, they are an interesting few verses um, the the verses that are probably pretty well known to a lot of you, and like straight out of the gate here as we approach this this little section, Paul just tells us something and uh, that kind of slams us if we 're reading it carefully, it might slam us right in the chest see paul is a pretty he 's a pretty serious guy if you read through the new T- testament paul is a, is one of these uh, Uh, guys that kind of come across pretty serious maybe through your Christian life I know through my Christian life I've met some of these kind of serious Christian guys And, uh, and yet here in the book of Philippians Paul is incredibly joyful he's a serious guy And he has lots of serious things to say about uh, about the various churches and people that he writes to in the New Testament. But here in Philippians, he's unusually joyful, which is really nice because we get to see just a little bit of a different side to Paul, perhaps, than what we do through the rest of the the New Testament. And so, straight out of the gate in verse four here, he says, "Rejoice in the Lord always." Again, I will say, "Rejoice." Now. If you're, if you're reading that carefully, that might just hit you a little bit because what he's got here is, uh, if you're a linguist, it's called an imperative command. And so he's saying that always we are, we must rejoice. Always, absolutely always. Now you think about Paul, uh, again, the serious guy, he's sitting here in prison, he's sitting here in prison writing to the to the Philippian church, and so he's writing this a and what is a joyful letter in a time of trial he gets that idea of we need to rejoice always no matter what's going on we need to rejoice there's a guy by the name of gordon fee he is a a christian commentator and uh, um, he uh, and he writes this i think it's on your screens christian joy is not the temporal kind which comes and goes with one's circumstances rather it is predicated Altogether on one's relationship with the Lord, and is thus an abiding, deeply spiritual quality of life. So, joy isn't this temporal thing that kind of comes and goes. That's happiness. Happiness comes and goes. Sadness comes and goes. Those are emotions that come and go. But joy is a state of being, and then it gets expressed in rejoicing. It was interesting. I got a, uh, I got a text message just this morning. Uh, from one of our uh, church family, and the church family uh, that church family member, she had just lost overnight her brother, uh, whom she was um, they were expecting to to pass at some point, and got a text message. and the, And the first part of that text message says, "This is the day that the Lord has made; let us rejoice." And I I called her a little later in the morning, and as I talked with her, just very very briefly. Uh, you could hear the tears in her voice and the tears in her eyes, and so, and I thought as I as I looked at uh, as I, I looked at that situation and thought about that situation, I thought that's just a that's just a perfect a perfect um, example of a Christian understanding of joy. the The circumstances that she was going through, they were really sad, and that's right. And it's right to be sad. It's right to be sad. When, when Lazarus died, Jesus cried. It's right to be sad. When you think about the Garden of Eden, we were made to live forever. We weren't supposed to die. The Bible talks about death being our final enemy. And so it's right to be sad. And yet she could say, this is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice. Because underlying everything is a joy in knowing that God has got everything in hand. That Jesus has conquered sin and death. And so the, this, this, uh, this lady's um, uh, brother, she knew was going to be with the Lord. Her confidence was, was in Jesus, and so she could rejoice. And I think that was just a, a beautiful picture of this exact idea here, that we are to rejoice no matter what the circumstances are. There's going to be happy circumstances in life. There's going to be sad circumstances in life, and so we will rejoice no matter what. So, so Paul's talking straight out of the gate, he says to us rejoice and then he says something really interesting because what he's going to do is he's going to start tackling, he's going to move on from rejoicing and he's going to start tackling the idea of worry and anxiety so he, so he heads that up with this, he says let your reasonableness, reasonableness be known to everyone. If you've got an MIV you've probably got gentleness there. Uh, but, the, but I think the idea of reasonableness is a good translation. The idea here is that you have perhaps a, a gentle mind and a mind that is open to reason and that you have reasonableness. And it is reasonable. It is logical when you think about it that, that Paul would t- tell us not to worry and not to, to have anxiety. We know, like just some, just some cold hard logic here, We know that worry and anxiety won't change a situation, don't we? We know that if we sit in our our, our home here at the moment and worry about the pandemic that's going on out there, it doesn't change anything. Worry and anxiety don't help the situation. So logically, why would we engage in those emotions? Um, He's he's saying here there's there's kind of some uh, logical reasonableness here matthew six twenty seven uh, Jesus says with through worry can any of you add even an hour to your life and of course the answer is no no worrying's not going to add any hours to our life and in fact uh, medically we know that um, worrying is potentially taking l- hours off our life so I uh, just want to um, just want to clarify here just want to just pause and and give a little bit of clarity so what we're talking about here is some normal Christian concern Uh, sorry what we're talking about here is uh, we're not talking about uh, an issue being around normal Christian concern or a deep proper concern when we're talking about worry and anxiety Uh, in fact 1 Corinthians 7 says that it's uh, it's good to be anxious for the things of the Lord so we're not talking about normal concern or exerting uh, mental energy on something but what we are Uh, talking about is this idea of worry and concern that is going to grab us and hold us and and grip us. I also want to be clear that I'm not talking about what the medical uh, profession and the medical community talks about as being mental illness. Uh, there is a, a degree of perhaps worry and anxiety that can really hold on to us, really grip us for a long time and take us to a place uh, that might be described as mental illness. I'm not talking about that. Some people uh, do, um, do have uh, concerns and or, or uh, do have trouble with that. Um, but I'm just talking about here, what we're talking about in these verses is kind of maybe this the garden variety, worry and anxiety, which many, if not all of us, struggle with. And so, Verse 6 he says do not be anxious about anything. Do not be anxious about anything. Now here's where we need to slow down a little bit. Here's where we need to slow down a little bit because these verses are really hard for us to hear. Well, this particular verse is really hard for us to hear. He says, do not be anxious about anything. And if you look around us, there's, there's really lots potentially that we can be anxious about. There's, there's, of course, the pandemic that's going on around us. There are some of you that there's in, the, in our church family have lost a loved one just in the last 24 hours. And of course, we're looking at a situation where funerals and all those sorts of things, we just don't know how that really works at the moment. There's lots for us to potentially be anxious about. You think about the setting of the, of the Philippians. You said about the, the, where, where Paul is writing to these guys, the, the Philippians, and they are, if you read uh, chapter 1 verse, 7, uh, verse 27 and onwards, they're clearly in a time of suffering. They're clearly in a time of, uh, of opposition and when things are just not going well for them. They had plenty to be anxious about. And yet Paul says he commands them even, do not be anxious about anything. Now we've got a real h- issue here. We've got a real issue here because Paul is using some command language here again. It's a, 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 like I said before, this is, um, if you're a linguist, this is an imperative. We've got to just be really clear and be really careful here as well. That anxiety can be can be sinful, and so uh, even though that might not sit well with some of us, that might not might we might struggle to to hear that and struggle to 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 think for that, uh, think through that. We have this imperative command here: the do not be anxious. So let's dig into this just a little bit more. Let's think about this, this idea of, uh, of anxiety and, and, and try and tease it out just a little bit. Anxiety is, at the root of it, anxiety is a lack of trust in God. Let's see what Jesus has to say about, about anxiety. We're going to have a look at a, a passage through Matthew chapter 6. And while I've been uh, talking here, the guys have been ferreting around trying to see if the uh, PowerPoint is going to work as the Matthew 6, it's not going to come up on the, on the screen. So just, just listen up here as, um, as, we, as I read to you some verses from Matthew chapter 6. This is from the Sermon on the Mount, verses 25 to 32. This is Jesus speaking uh, to, to the crowd in the Sermon on the Mount. Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body or what you will put on. It is is not life more than food and the body more than clothing. Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add another single hour to his life? And Why are you not anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the the grasses of, of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown in the oven, will he not much more clothe you? Here we go. O ye of little faith. And then he says therefore do not be anxious saying what shall we eat and what shall we drink or what shall we wear for the Gentiles seek after these things and your heavenly father knows that you need them all yeah, So when you when were reading through those verses and you might have had those verses open in your bible along alongside Jesus says to uh, to the crowd "O ye of little faith therefore do not be anxious We can see that anxiety we can see that anxiety is, in its root then, a lack of trust or a lack of faith in God. You can see that if you're looking at those verses, that's in verses 30 and 31. You think about it, if we, were, if we have a chair beside us, you're perhaps sitting in a chair a- a- at the moment. If you have a chair beside beside you and if, and if you trust that that chair will hold you, you have no issue just sitting down on the chair. You, you've got no issue there. You trust that the chair is going to hold you and so you... Uh, you're not worried about sitting in it at all. But if we think that that chair isn't, is a bit rickety and maybe one of the legs is a bit broken, and if we think that chair is going to collapse, then if, if we're told to sit down in that chair and we have no choice but to sit down in that chair, we're going we're to be potentially a bit worried about that. We're going to be thinking, we're going to be having some doubts in our minds and there might be some worry and some anxiety that happens thinking, man, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to crash onto the floor here and I'm going to hurt myself. But it's the same thing when we, when we are anxious about the things that God has t- talked to us about. By being anxious, actually, what we do is we deny the very character of God. So no wonder Paul then uses some pretty forceful language and he commands us not to be anxious. So then, so then what is the remedy? What's the remedy for anxiety? When anxiety rears its head, what are we going to do? What should we do? Well, firstly, I think we need to be realistic. This is where we need to just slow down a little bit and just, just uh, help us walk through this idea of anxiety. I think we need to be realistic here. We never want to minimize what the Bible calls sin. So if God has commanded us to do something or to not do something, we need to take that really seriously, and we, need to, we would never want to minimize that. But we also need to realize that we all go against God's commands, every single one of us. And if you're not anxious now, then there's probably going to be some point in the future that you will be anxious and that you worry. So we all go go against God's commands. And so that's why Christ came to die for us. And remember, there is no condemnation now for anyone who is in Christ Jesus. So while you shouldn't be anxious, remember that God doesn't condemn you for it. That's why Jesus came to die for us. We shouldn't be anxious, but God doesn't condemn us for it but but he wants you to give it all to him let's have a look further in verse chapter 6 so paul says do not be anxious about anything but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving let your requests be known to god so this is where the beauty of this of this passage starts to come out paul says that the that we're to give everything in prayer to God. See, God wants to take the burden of your worries. He wants to take that on. He's got all the answers. We don't, but he does. And so we need to, we need to be by prayer and supplication, so that's asking for, for God to take these burdens from us. And with thanksgiving, that's turning things into, a, into the, the positive aspect of thanking God for whatever's going on. We can give all of our burdens to God. There's a, I remember a, <clears throat> um, I remember a song from a kids' production when I was a, a real a, a little kid. You might have, if you're perhaps my age or older, you might remember the, the salty uh, productions. And uh, and the there's a song in there that says, "I will cast all my cares on Him." Oh, no, no sorry, I will cast all my cares upon you. I will lay all of my burdens down at your feet. And when, I, uh, and when I feel and when I don't know just what to do, I will cast all my cares upon you. It's a, it's, I think that's a, some great lines from a really, really old song. And this is exactly what Paul's talking about here. We are to, to, to not be anxious yet put all those burdens, all those cares upon God. And then, we, and then he even says there uh, with prayer and supplication, but in thanksgiving even, in, in times of worry and anxiety and stress or the likes, we're to turn, to turn to thanksgiving, turning our minds, which turns our minds away from our circumstances and turns those circumstances over to God because prayer is not just like a, a vending machine. We talked about uh, prayer a little bit earlier on in the year. It's, prayer is not a vending machine where we put our prayer coin in and the uh, answer candy bar just plops out for us. What prayer is, is when we, are ta- we are, when we are joining with God and just presenting our requests to God, but also more than that, what we're doing is starting to turn our mind towards God's mind and, and, and joining our mind with God's mind, joining our thoughts with God's thoughts. And so he says, Paul says for us to be giving thanks even in these times of worry and anxiety because what that does is turns our, our perhaps uh, incorrect view of the world and starts aligning it with God's correct view of the world. So we... We so underestimate the power of prayer in and amongst what we, uh, what we do here in, in, our, in this life and when we strike worry and when we strike anxiety. We so underestimate the power of prayer, prayer because in it there lies the exact antidote to anxiety. You know what's fascinating though about, uh, about this? We've, we've just been told that uh, with, through prayer, and supplication and thanksgiving, uh, we are to give all these things over to God. So there's the antidote to anxiety, but, but God is great and God is amazing because he just doesn't just take the anxiety away from us. He then gives us something. Let's have a look at, uh, at verse 7. Verse 7 goes on to say, And then the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus I just wanted to, to, to pull out three things from that verse because that verse is pretty amazing because what what uh, what 's going to happen or what has happened that we 've seen is if we get when we get worried when we get anxious by prayer and and supplication and and thanksgiving we can give that all to God but then God gives us something he gives us his peace and that peace of God the peace of God surpasses all understanding because It's interesting really, I mean just a sentence or so ago, Paul was getting all really logical. He was saying in in terms of logic, pure hard cold logic, he was saying that it's just not logical to worry about things because it doesn't change the situation. And now he almost kind of flips the other way and says, hey you know what, the peace of God that you're going to get by doing this, this is unfathomable. It's just not understandable. It's too amazing for us to, go, to grasp. The peace of God surpasses all understanding. It's too amazing for us to kind of get our head around. I remember when, uh, and I have probably told you this story uh, to some extent before, but I remember when we went to Louisville. Uh, our kids were, were young. They were seven, five, and three, and we were going off to Bible school there in Louisville. And uh, I, remember the, I remember the time when we walked into our house, and, our, and we walked into a, a, a rental place and there was nothing in the house, like absolutely nothing. There was a stove in the kitchen, but otherwise it was completely bare. And we walked into that house with our 10 suitcases and that was it. We had bought beds a day or so before, and so we had those, but otherwise it was nothing. It was, a, if you enjoyed an uncluttered house, uh, this would have been your, your dream house, um, because <laughs> there was nothing other than our suitcases and ourselves. And I remember as a father, and a husband looking at that house and thinking, oh my word, what am I going to do? How? how, how? The, the worry and anxiety just started to really grip me. I was thinking, how am I going to do this? What, is, what am I to do? I mean, we, ha- we don't have the money just to now start furnishing a house. Uh, what are we to do? And I just remember the, the times of sitting down with Sonia and just, just pouring out our hearts and pouring out our, our souls to God in prayer and asking for him to provide for us but then also just realizing that hey that that God we were we were sure that God wanted us to be here and so we were going to trust that he had things and had all the situation all the circumstances in his hand and there's a long story about how God did provide for us which uh, is for perhaps for another day but The peace of God, that peace of God that flowed into us and over us was something that really did surpass all understanding. We couldn't really understand it, but as we gave all our concerns and all our worries to to God, He uh, gave us His peace something that surpassed our understanding. That peace of God is something that's just too amazing for us to grasp, which is not really entirely surprising, is it? When you think about many things about God, you think about God being Trinity, the God being uh, three persons and yet one God, that's just something that our, our minds can't get around. We, when we think about the idea that everything around us is created and yet God wasn't created, just the, the idea that that God is not a created being. We can't get out, we can't wrap our minds around that. And so we shouldn't be surprised then when the peace of God that he gives us, we can't wrap our minds around that. That's just too amazing for us to grasp. And that uh, gives me confidence. It means that God's brain power is not limited like my brain power is. So the peace of God then surpasses all understanding, but the peace of God also, if you look at that verse, it guards our hearts and our minds, which is exactly what we need in a time like this, isn't it? If our hearts and our minds are turning to anxiety and if our hearts and our minds are are, are getting gripped with this worry, then the peace of God is exactly what we need. It's going to guard our heart. It's going to guard our minds because anxiety can, it can distract and consume your mind. It can almost, if, if you let it continue on in your life, it can almost disable your mind. But the peace of God guarding your mind is beautiful. And then I want you to notice the last words in this passage, the last three words, which feel like they're kind of tacked on the end, but as I was studying and as I was kind of thinking through it and meditating on it, I think they're the most important words in, these, in this whole passage. The last three words say, in Christ Jesus. I'll read the verse again, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So, the peace of God surpasses all understanding. The peace of God will guard your hearts and your minds, but the peace of God also is in Jesus. And I think they are. I think they are the most important words in that passage. See, everything that makes for life in the present and in the future has to do with us being in Christ Jesus. Jesus is our peace. Jesus is the one that has made peace between us and the Father. When we, had a, when we had a massive debt to pay before the Father, when, because we have all sinned, we've all fallen short of the glory of God, we've all done things, whether that's worrying and not trusting in God or whether it's a myriad of other things that we do in our life, we have all fallen short of God's standard. And so if you are uh, uh, perhaps sitting there on, on your couch sitting there in your easy chair perhaps you're sitting there maybe maybe you're lying in bed still with a laptop on your lap and if you haven't handed your life over to Jesus if you haven't received forgiveness for those sins that have been and that are a barrier between you and God then I just want to tell you there is peace that Jesus offers there is a peace that surpasses all understanding because at the moment there is a barrier between you and God and that's your sin that's the things that you have done wrong before God Jesus came to die on the cross to remove all of those. He takes away all that sin. He bore the, the punishment for that sin so that you don't have to and that you can be reunited with God and that you can have that peace that surpasses all understanding, that peace that will guard your heart, that peace that will guard your mind and a peace that, will, that allows you to realize that when this life is over that you get to be with God in heaven forever in the perfect setting where there is nothing to worry about, there's nothing to be anxious, about and there is nothing that is going to in, uh, that is going to impinge on a just a pure joy that is going to be throughout all eternity so Jesus is our peace he's the one that's made that peace with God Jesus is the one that has made our future secure and just like it said back in verse 5, I don't know if you uh, saw it there, it just was, again, it was just kind of tacked on the end, an interesting little verse that he said, Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Jesus is near. He abides with us. He, and this is one of the be- most beautiful parts about this peace that Jesus gives. Jesus abides in us. And he is the one that, that when we pray, When we try and give those things to God, when we try and give our worry and our anxiety to God, Jesus is the one that takes our prayers to the Father. The Bible tells us that he is the one that presents our prayers to the Father, which then brings us back to to the idea that Paul started off with here, where he can say rejoice, always rejoice. Why? Because we have Jesus. We have Jesus abiding in us. We don't have anything that we need to worry about or that we need to be anxious about. And then when the things of life come in and they, they attack us and they attack our thoughts and the likes, we have Jesus within us and we know our future is secure and we know that he is sufficient in this life and so we have a peace that surpasses all understanding. So Paul wants us to rejoice. He wants us to not have anxiety. He wants us to give everything to God in prayer so that we can have peace, the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding and a peace of God that is only found in Jesus Christ. Let's pray as we finish. Our Father, we thank you for Jesus. We thank you for your Son that you have given us. We thank you that he is the one that gives us peace. And we thank you that because he has given us peace, because he has accomplished everything in this life that we require for our Christian life, for our, for our life and our, for, for our godliness, for our walk with you. We thank you that because of all that, that we, ha- we don't need to worry. We don't need to be anxious. That you, have, uh, that you have done it all, Lord Jesus. And so I pray that as we consider that idea that we have Jesus living within us, I pray that we would, as Paul says, that we would just not be anxious. That, that we would realize that, that, that being anxious would not add an hour to our life. It will not help us uh, to, to deal with the situation. Uh, but Lord, I pray that we would instead give all those things to you. That we would just lay them out before you. That we would cast all our cares on you, Father. And we, we thank you that you give us then, instead of just, well, you don't just take away our anxiety, but you give us, you give us peace. And I pray that you would, you would just let that peace rest upon us. And particularly in this time as, as a church and as individuals and as families, we walk through a time of, of unknown. We are living in an unknown time of what's going to happen in, over the next few weeks and particularly then over the next months and years to come. Lord, I pray that you would just give us a peace that we can't quite grasp, we can't quite understand, we can't get, wrap our minds around, but that you would just settle our hearts and settle our minds. And that we would know the peace that we have in Jesus Christ. So we thank you for all these things. And we thank you when we pray in the name of Jesus who has accomplished peace for us. And that's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. Hey, so what we've got uh, now is the opportunity, as we have uh, done in, in previous times, we've got the opportunity just to have... I guess break down the barrier a little bit between us, uh, between between you and, and the camera and the, and everything that's going on here. So we've got a time for for some question and answers, um, and uh, and then uh, what we we'll, what we might do is just have a couple of minutes now to 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 deal with maybe a couple of questions that might roll in, and. Uh, and then we will move into a time of communion really soon so a, a question that has uh, come in already how do these verses relate to attempting to solve our own problems if I'm worried about something going wrong and I take steps steps to prevent it is that okay fantastic question brilliant What? so what I tried to make uh, make clear then uh, clear at, at some point and, and I don't know that I did a great job of it because we were having issues around PowerPoint that <laughs> um, all, all around me here at that particular point in time is that what we're not, when we're talking about worry and anxiety? What we're not not talking about is just a is just a, a, a simple concern about the, the the elements of life. What we are to do, you know, that is it is good and it is wise to to think about a problem, to to tackle that problem. Yes, to give it to the Lord and and always ask for wisdom in dealing with the problem, and then yet and then still knowing that we have the Holy Spirit within us, going and tackling the problem. And don't go in and, t- and take steps we live in, in a in a physical world uh, and God has placed us in a physical world when when Jesus saw something happening here on earth he went and took steps to tackle that now was he always dependent on the father absolutely he was was he always giving uh, in, in prayer and supplication talking to his, his father in heaven absolutely he was so so there's a there is a balance there and yes we should be uh, absolutely taking steps to, to either solve a problem or prevent a problem that is that is just uh, that is just God's common grace to us in terms of wisdom, uh, and we and that's a but it's a great question, uh, and thanks and ho- hopefully I, I uh, didn't uh, roll too far on on uh, on one one way here. All right, uh, another gr- another question that's uh, just rolled in here, um, just waiting for the full question just to arrive on my screen. Um, is is meditation or mindfulness helpful? Uh, is the meditation or mindfulness helpful in terms of? Uh, might just, sorry, it's just struggling to get that all, all completely on the screen here. Oh, sorry, a good way to combat anxiety. Okay, uh, thanks. We've got someone also writing down the questions as they as they come into the phone here. Is meditation or mindfulness a good way to combat ang- anxiety? Great question. Okay, so here's where we need to start with that. We, ask, we should ask the question, is it right for Christians to meditate? Uh, and I think the answer to that is yes and no. It depends what we mean by meditation. The Bible does tell us to meditate. In uh, Joshua chapter 1, verse 8, uh, Joshua is told to, uh, to not depart from the word of the Lord. And he's to meditate on it. Um, he's to meditate on it day and night. So so there is a there is a Christian uh, idea of meditation. What we oftentimes think of though when we're talking about meditation is probably the secular idea of meditation which really is just borrowed from an uh, eastern mystical uh, uh, religion. Uh, in terms of a meditation which has the objective of clearing one's mind or emptying one's mind, you've possibly uh, you've possibly come across that idea of, um, of meditation being the idea of just, just releasing everything from your mind and emptying your mind so that is, uh, is not a Christian version of, of meditation and in fact if you think about it that idea of meditation is the philosophical equivalent of burying your head in the sand um, because what it's doing is it's th- saying um, if I get all these thoughts or, or the, all these worries or stuff and just get them out of my mind then I'm going to be okay but when we bring our head back out of the sand and we get back out into the world, those worries, are still there. The, the situation is still there, the circumstances haven't changed and so, it, so uh, it might give you temporary release and a lot of people say it is, uh, it is a very nice thing to do but, it's, uh, but it is only temporary and it's not going to deal with uh, the, the, the situation around you. Now a Christian, the Christian idea of meditation is the, is the exact opposite of a secular version of of meditation a Christian idea of meditation is to fill your mind is to fill your mind with thoughts of God to fill your mind with scripture to fill your mind with the ideas and the attributes of God and what that does and what that does is uh, that gives that gives us the tools in our mind then to to then deal with the things, the circumstances of life when they when they start to attack us. So when the circumstances come in, we now have uh, some ideas about who God is and has his goodness, his faithfulness, his trustworthiness, his sovereignty. All those sorts of ideas, which then allow those the thoughts, the or the or the circumstances of life to come in, hit our mind and actually know there's a really great uh, a, a, a really great tool there and a mechanism and a barrier there so that those things don't grip our minds so is meditation a good way to combat anxiety um, a Christian meditation absolutely is because Christian meditation is, is, is doing the things that we've talked about today it's letting scripture uh, fill our minds it's letting thoughts of God fill our minds and then, then allowing us then to have the tools to give those things over to God so I think hopefully this morning Um, This morning has been a, uh, a, a, a meditation of sorts that has allowed us to bring some of the thoughts and what God has to say about anxiety and bring them into our minds.